Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride. The Raiders have a big game on Sunday with the Denver Broncos where they have to have a W to keep their slim playoff hopes alive. But before that, we've got to get you caught up on all the news and injury report for the week and, of course, answer your mailbag questions. Reminder, to have your questions answered on the pod, tweet them at me at mholder95 or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, at mholder95 on Twitter, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. Well, let's get to it. How about we start with the most exciting news of the day, and that's that the Raiders will be sending three players to the Pro Bowl this year, defensive end Max Crosby, linebacker Denzel Perryman, and punter A.J. Cole. Crosby has emerged as one of the best pass rushers in the league as he leads the NFL in pressures this season, while Perryman has been a tackle machine and currently ranks 5th at the 133, and that's after missing the last couple of games. Cole is a league leader as well with an impressive 51.1 yards per punt on the campaign. Not to bring the mood down a bit, but Las Vegas also had a few snubs like offensive tackle Colton Miller, cornerback Casey Hayward, and wide receiver Hunter Renfro. Instead, Rayshon Slater, Orlando Brown, and Deion Dawkins will be the offensive tackles for the AFC. J.C. Jackson, Xavier Howard, Denzel Ward, and Kenny Moore are the corners. And Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, and Keenan Allen will represent the wide receivers. We'll keep you posted if anyone gets into the nod as an alternate, as I wouldn't be surprised if Miller and Hayward end up participating. But Renfro might be a stretch since the conference is pretty deep at wide receiver. The Pro Bowl will be in Las Vegas on Sunday, February 6th. The NFL and Fox will be giving all Raider fans and video game enthusiasts a Christmas present this year as they're premiering their documentary, All Madden, chronicling the life of, you guessed it, John Madden. As I'm sure everyone knows, Madden is originally from the Bay Area, Daly City to be exact, and would eventually become a legendary head coach for the Raiders by leading the franchise to its first Super Bowl victory ever. The Hall of Famer would move up to the broadcast booth where he became even more iconic for his insightful and comedic breakdowns of the game, as his style provided an entertaining and simple way to break down a complex game, and he has served as an inspiration to many young, aspiring media members, myself included. In fact, Madden became so popular that the NFL made him the face of its flagship video game series, and the Madden series has become one of the most popular video games ever. The documentary airs at 11am on Christmas Day on Fox, right before the Packers-Browns game, so make sure to check it out. Another documentary that the NFL will be releasing that has to do with the Raiders is the NFL Network will be airing a We Are All Humans segment as a part of the NFL 360 show. The segment chronicles five high school athletes, three of whom are football players, who recently came out as gay after seeing Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib come out this summer. Nassib's impact on the LGBTQ community and sport will be the subject of the episode that originally aired yesterday, but will re-air on December 28th at 8pm Pacific on NFL Network. I have some bad injury news to report to you guys, and unfortunately, both of them have to do with the Raiders' defensive backfield. Cornerback Trayvon Mullen and safety Jonathan Abram are out for the rest of the season with injuries. Mullen might be old news for some of you guys as he was put on injury reserve before the game on Monday night. He injured his toe back in week four and missed all but one half of the second Chiefs game a few weeks ago before re-injuring it and ending his season. Mullen will be in the last year of his rookie contract next season, so the injury might make the organization a little hesitant to give him an extension in the offseason. As for Abram, 
He's coming off one of the best games of his career, but had to leave early and was holding his arm like he injured his shoulder. The team would later reveal that he separated his shoulder, an issue that's been occurring frequently for him, and then later announced that the third-year defensive back had an MRI, MRI, which revealed he needed surgery. Like Mullen, Abram is heading into the fourth year of his rookie contract, but as a first-round pick, the Raiders can exercise a fifth-year option for Abram. However, this will be his second shoulder surgery and season-ending injury in the last three years, so the club might be hesitant to do so. Unfortunately, these two injuries were not the end of the bad news for Las Vegas' DBs this week, as cornerbacks Nate Hobbs and Brandon Faison and safety Roderick Teamer all landed on the reserve COVID-19 list, so their status for Sunday is in doubt. With all the defensive backs out, I expect Keyson Nixon, Dallin Levitt, and Desmond Trufant to get more playing time, and we might even catch a glimpse of rookie safety Tyree Gillespie. The Raiders also placed reserve offensive lineman Jermaine Illuminor on the COVID list, signed defensive back Tony Brown to the practice squad, and released tight end Matt Bushman from the practice squad. Moving on to the injury report, and as always, we'll start with the guys who didn't participate in practice. Defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins missed practice on Tuesday and Wednesday with a back injury. That'd be a big blow because he's one of the team's best run defenders and the Broncos have a strong rushing attack. So if he can't go, Darius Phylon will likely take more reps at the nose tackle spot. Offensive tackle Brandon Parker sat out with a knee injury, which could mean Jackson Barton will make his first NFL start on Sunday. Barton has been around the league since 2019, but has only played in six regular season snaps, all of which came in weeks 13 and 14 of this year. There's been little to no updates on tight end Darren Waller, other than he's missed practice all week, so it's looking like he'll be out for another week, and it's already at the point where the team needs to consider shutting him down for the rest of the way. Linebacker Will Compton doesn't have an injury, but has been out the last few days as his mother passed away earlier this week. On behalf of Silver and Black Pride, I'd like to send our condolences to the Compton family as they grieve this loss. The Raiders did get some positive injury news this week as linebacker Denzel Perryman was upgraded to limited with his ankle injury. Fellow linebacker Divine Diablo was also limited in practice with shoulder and elbow injuries, while tight end Darren Ilhelm was also limited with a knee, as was Foster Moreau with abdomen and thigh injuries, and the same with wide receiver Zay Jones with a toe. I'll rattle off all the full participants real quickly. Cornerback Casey Hayward Achilles, running back Josh Jacobs illness, defensive end Carl Nassib knee, and guard John Simpson also with a knee. And that'll do it for the Raiders injury report. As for the Broncos injury report, the biggest news is starting quarterback Teddy Bridgewater will be out with a concussion, so backup and former second round pick Drew Locke will be under center on Sunday. Linebacker Kenny Young also has a concussion and his status is in doubt, which is significant since Denver is already pretty thin at that position. Other than those two, I'd expect the Broncos to be at full strength or as close to it for this time of year. Alright, it's mailbag time. One more reminder before we get to the questions, if you want to have your questions answered on the show, tweet them at me at mholder95 or email them to sppquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, are the Raiders going to re-up Renfro's and Waller's contracts before the season ends? Well, I don't think it's going to happen before the season ends, seeing we only, as we only have about three more weeks, but I definitely think they're going to renew or try to renew Renfro's contract in the offseason. I believe he's coming up on the, the last year of his deal, and I think he's shown enough that they're definitely going to want to lock him up for the future and make him part of the future plans, regardless of what direction the team goes moving forward. With Waller, though, I believe Waller's still got about three years left on his deal. Now, he is an absolute steal right now. He's the 13th highest paid tight end in the league, so he could want more money. But if you're the Raiders, for, from the Raiders' perspective, you're just kind of trying to ride that thing out and take the sweet deal that you have right now. 
and really not bring it up unless he does. Now, if he brings it up and wants to get paid more, it's going to be hard to blame him. And obviously, we've seen the Raiders offense struggle without him. So he's got a quite a bit of leverage over them right now. So I think he could end up getting a new deal. But I don't think the Raiders' plan is or should be to try and give him a new contract at this point, especially with three years left on it. And they should try and uh, ride that sweet deal that's an absolute steal out for as long as they can. Although I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Waller wants a, wants a little pay bump in the offseason. Number two, was Leatherwood better at tackle than Parker? That's a tough one because I'll be honest, both guys were not very good. Um, I'd probably say no. I think Parker's a little bit better as a pass blocker. So I think that's where uh, he kind of gets gotten the nod as, um, as a tackle. But Leatherwood's definitely been a better run blocker than Parker's been. So I'd say no. I think Parker's probably been a little bit better. But it's, that's kind of a tough question because neither one of them have actually or have really played well at all. So I'd probably lean towards Parker, but I think Leatherwood obviously has more more of a future and um, can get moved back out there, whereas Parker's kind of a lost cause at this point. But yeah, I'd probably lean towards Parker overall just because he was a little bit better as a pass blocker um, on the edge than uh, Leatherwood was at the beginning of the year. Third question, who is the best fit from your early senior bowl watch for the Raiders? So I don't think I've announced this yet on the podcast, but Marcus and I are actually going to be going to the Senior Bowl this year. I'm super excited to be bringing you guys that coverage. We're going to be covering that all week for you guys, practicing not, and uh, letting you know what we think about these prospects. Um, it's going to be my second year heading down to Mobile. I believe Marcus has gone a few years now, so really looking forward to giving you guys that coverage. But I am admittedly behind on my draft evals and especially my Senior Bowl guys. Um, just with the way the seniors gone, the season has gone this year. Normally, I'm a, a little bit deeper into the draft at this point in the season with the Raiders, but uh, luckily they've been in it, so I'm a little behind. But the three guys that I've watched are actually going to be three receivers that I think can fit that deep threat role for the Raiders, um, and that's going to be Penn State's Jahan Dotson, Nevada's Romeo Dubes, and then University of South Alabama's Jalen Tolbert. Uh, Dotson, I think, is an interesting guy. He's kind of, he's more of that second-round guy. I think some people might have him as a first. I think he's more of a second-round guy. The thing that worries me about him is he's a great deep threat, but I don't know how great he is after the catch, which can limit his ability to do things on screens in the shorter areas of the field and even a little bit in the intermediate areas of the field as well. But he definitely is a guy that can take the top off of defense and that I'd be really excited about if they ended up getting. But again, probably more in the second round, maybe third to be even more comfortable with him. I'm not as high on him as some other people might be. Romeo Dubes, he's an interesting guy. I think he can do a little bit more after the catch. The problem is his hands are pretty atrocious. It was pretty tough watching his film sometimes. Had a lot of drops right around there. But um, definitely a guy that can take the top off the defense and win a little bit more in those shorter areas. And uh, maybe probably not as crisp of a route runner as Dotson is as well. So that could be a factor. So I'm excited to see how those two guys do against the uh, DBs and the one-on-ones. And then the third guy that I actually walked away pretty impressed with as a mid-rounder, a good value for the Raiders that if they want to go, is going to be a Tolbert from South Alabama. He was a guy, again, that I thought could stretch the field, and he has a little bit more wiggle after the catch. And a decent route runner, probably Dotson's probably the best route runner of those three, but I like what Tolbert does bring as far as being able to manipulate DBs with his uh, head movements and uh, fakes at the top of the route. And I think he has pretty good hands, pretty strong hands. So I'm really excited to see what that guy can do, especially being a small school guy and going up against some Power 5 competition. 
All right, next up, next year, new coaching staff, extend car, trade car, keep car on the final year, and draft the QB. Which do you see happening? Well, I definitely don't see them extending him. I don't think he's played well enough down the stretch of the year to warrant an extension. So I would be very surprised and honestly kind of upset with the organization if they ended up extending him. Not that I'm an anti-car guy, but I just don't think he's done enough to really warrant a new contract. Trading him, I think if a, a guy like a Russell Wilson or maybe an Aaron Rodgers, they end up leaving and wanting out in the offseason, which is entirely possible, especially since uh, Russell, is, I believe he said he would uh, be willing to waive his trade clause, um, or at least that was leaked that he'd be willing to waive his no trade clause to come to Vegas. So I think that could definitely be a, be a factor. And if either one of those guys comes on the market and they can come to the Raiders, I definitely think they're going to be able to move Carr. And I think they can get a decent return for Derek. I think he's a good enough quarterback that they can probably get uh, at least one first round pick for him so I definitely think that's on the table I would I'm being a draft guy I would kind of love to see that because I would love to see multiple first round picks but uh, I honestly the the situation I see happening most is going to be them keeping car and then on then drafting a QB the thing that scares me about that is I really do not like this quarterback class and in the draft this year and I think the two guys to, to kind of look at and to keep an eye on would be Kenny Pickett and then maybe Matt Corral. Uh, Corral, I kind of like a little bit better than him. I think he has a little bit more upside and a little bit more talent than a guy like Kenny Pickett. But Kenny Pickett's probably going to be the guy that we're going to talk about being more pro-ready. So I think it would make some sense to keep Carr on the final year and then draft Corral and then let him sit for a year, especially since he's going to be coming from a situation at Ole Miss where he didn't have a whole lot of NFL reads in that offense, a lot of RPOs with Lane Kiffin over there down in Ole Miss. So I I do think that's the route. I would think uh, think a, the quarterback room could be like a Carr and a, and a Matt Corral situation next year, but we'll see what happens. I think we'll get some news fairly quickly on in the offseason. I don't think this will be like the years past where it gets kind of drawn out. Um, so I think they'll they'll move swiftly and we'll know pretty well what their feeling is on Derek Carr moving forward. Question five. We set a new record for questions this week. Let's go, guys. Do the Raiders need to, do the Raiders keep Quit and Littleton next year? It seems both, while thought of having long futures, have gone to low snap counts since they have other LBs stepping up. The cap hit would hurt temporarily, but with the team's excuse me, but with them seemingly not fitting the current structure, it may make sense to move on. Then someone else added Carl Nassib to the list. So the Raiders keep Quit, Littleton, and Nassib this offseason. I think Quit is pretty much out. He would save the Raiders about $3 million, a little bit more than $3 million by cutting him. Granted, he would still cost them about $5 million in dead cap. But I get the feeling that Quit's out. I think with Denzel Perryman coming in and, and Quit being injured a lot this year, and he was injured a little bit last year too, I think his days with the Raiders are numbered. I definitely think they're going to move on from him. Littleton is going to be a little bit of a harder uh, pill to swallow. I don't know if they're going to be able to get rid of him. I'm looking at his contract details for, you know, on overthecap.com right now, and they have him at $14 million in dead cap for next year if they cut him. Um, obviously, that's a huge number, and they would only save about $1.75 million. So with that, I don't know how much sense it would make to get rid of a guy like Corey Littleton who, I mean, even if Corey Littleton's riding your bench or he's you know coming off the bench as a reserve linebacker, at least he's someone with experience that can cover a little bit and do things in a coverage if, in case of an emergency. And again, at $14 million, that's a lot to pay somebody to not be on your roster. So I have a feeling he'll be back. Nassib is kind of in a similar situation as Quit. 
Um, both are like him. I think they would Raiders would save about three million in cap space and then still eat about six million uh, with him. And but obviously with NASA being a backup, and uh, you know, I think the Raiders are, should at some point try and give uh, a guy like a Malcolm Koontz more snaps. Obviously, NASA is going to take away from that. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up moving on from Carl in the offseason. I don't have as great of a feel on that one um, as I do with the other guys, but it. I could see them moving on and I could see them keeping them again because you're still sit or you wouldn't be, you'd be saving $3 million, but you're still costing yourself more money to pay a guy that's going to go play for somebody else than you would if you just cut him. So I think that'll help his case. Plus Koontz being, um, plus Koontz being still young and raw, that might help uh, Nassib's case to stick around. And I think they'll probably try and work out something with Cleveland Farrell this offseason, so that might create some more snaps from Coots and solve that problem. So, yeah, to recap, I think Quit's pretty much gone. Littleton, I feel pretty confident, will be back just with how much dead cap is on that money. They restructured his contract. They restructured all three of their contracts, actually, this offseason to, to create some cap space for this year, which has kind of screwed them over for the future in a little bit. Um, but, obviously, $14 million to me is just way too much to, to give up for Littleton and then Six million for quit and Nassib each. I think that's something you can eat. Just the Nassib situation. I don't know if that one, or I don't feel as confident in that one that they end up uh, getting rid of him. Number six. Do you believe Carr's capabilities, although different, are on par with Mahomes and Herbert? Um, short answer: No. I think Carr's biggest strength over those two is that he's willing to take take those checkdown throws when defenses are taking away the deep ball, which is where both those guys have struggled in the past, especially Mahomes this year, and uh, ended up forcing the ball into some tight windows in some situations um, that Carr wouldn't take, and be, being a little bit more risky than Derek is. But ultimately, I mean, Mahomes and Herbert, their just arm strength, their ability to make plays on the run. And not to say that Carr can't do those things and Carr doesn't have a strong, strong arm or anything like that. But those guys, to me, are just on a whole nother level. And I mean, we're looking at a guy that's in, what, year four for Mahomes, year two for Herbert. So they have also are a little bit younger and uh, have a little bit more leash or at least a little bit more room for growth than Derek is, who's going to be going into or is in year eight this year, going to be going into year nine next year. So I think those guys are just, I just think they're on another level than Derek is, or at least have more potential than he does, especially at this point in his career, where they can do a little bit more than he can. And that's not to say that Derek Carr is a bad quarterback. Those two guys are pretty damn good right now, and I think they're think really highly of them. I just don't really think that Derek Carr is you know, in the same caliber of, of talent of those two guys, especially when we... Uh, see Herbert dropping 60-yard bombs while on the run and throwing across his body. I mean, those kind of things are just the the few things that very few people in this world, very few quarterbacks in the NFL are going to be able to do. And I just think those guys are – their trajectory is a little bit higher than Derek's is right now. And, again, I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think mean that as a slight on Derek Carr. I just think really highly of those two guys. So, Next question. If the Raiders keep Derek Carr, which head coach or OC do you want to see him with next year? Well, what is this? The fourth question we've had about Derek Carr? I guess it really is the offseason already, isn't it? Um, honestly, my pick for the head coach or my guy that I've really liked, and I've, I think I've been talking about this for a while, is going to be Doug Peterson. And that's uh, kind of regardless of who's that quarterback. I really do think Doug Peterson kind of got a raw deal out in Philly. I mean, the guy made the playoffs like damn near every year he was there, except for the last one and I think maybe one other year. 
guy won the Super Bowl there and got fired like two, three years later. So I would love to see them bring in him. I think he's a good offensive mind, and I think he can help mold Derek, and I think he can work with Derek too. Or if he wants to bring in another young quarterback, I think he can work with that guy too, and I think trust his ability to try and develop somebody. Um, also, it would be kind of nice to have a guy that has some insight on Andy Reid's offense, having that with them having spent time together in Kansas City. So yeah, Doug Peterson's my guy. I don't know if that's going to happen. He doesn't seem to be in the rumors right now. It seems to kind of be the Harbaugh's and the or Jim Harbaugh and uh, and uh, Dabo Sweeney leading the charge right now as, as far as the hype goes. But yeah, my guy's going to be Doug Peterson. I'm going to plant my flag in that right now. Um, hopefully, we'll see it come to fruition. But haven't heard any news on that front yet. All right, you guys are keeping me on my toes this week. Question number eight, opinion on Diablo getting a shot at strong safety for the future. He's played well there when he's gotten a chance and had a good and had good cover skills in college. So I do think he can probably play in or mix in at some strong safety a little bit, but I feel like he's destined to be a linebacker for the most part. And the thing about that too is in a lot of modern defenses nowadays is – there's not much difference between a strong safety and a coverage linebacker. Um, I mean, you even just look at how the Raiders have used Jonathan Abram this year, who's technically a strong safety. I bet if we go back and look at Jonathan and Abram's snap counts, he's played in the box more frequently than normal. The biggest difference being your typical linebacker is going to play a little bit closer to the center than your strong safety is probably going to play mainly head up or outside of the tackle so that they can make plays on the outside runs and not have to, to deal with the blockers in the middle and having to get off on blocker blocks on the inside and that's the thing with Diablo that's actually kind of surprised me about him this year is he's actually been pretty good about about getting off blocks so I don't know if you really want to move him again from that spot he's been a pretty good run defender I don't know if you want to put him in more of a DB role and kind of take him outside of that element and outside of that between the tackles and in the box role because he's been good there and he's still been good in coverage and he can still help you in coverage in that area too now, expanding his role, I'm all for that, and I think that can happen. As far as being like a full-time strong safety, which I know wasn't exactly your question, um, I wouldn't be – I don't think I can see that happening as much. I mean, he's still pretty big. He's probably about 230, something like that, which is pretty much the modern size for a typical linebacker nowadays. So I don't know if I trust his change of direction and speed combo to really be able to play a whole lot of safety at the in the NFL level. But it's definitely something you know. I think they can toy with, and I think they can use his versatility moving forward and create it in a package. But I think he's still going to be uh, a, a traditional linebacker. His primary position is going to be a linebacker moving forward. And I mean, obviously, the more they can use him, the better. That's a wrap for this week, and I really appreciate all the questions. That's always my favorite part of the show, and I was really happy with the turnout this week. As always, make sure you're following me on Twitter at mholder95 and follow Silver and Black Pride. Please make sure to subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. On that, until next time, guys.